Hello everyone, and welcome back to the True Crime Time Podcast. This is part two of the Zodiac Killer. Falk estimated the man to be around 35 to 45 years old, while the teenagers who observed the killer in Stein's cab mentioned he was 25 to 30 years old. White male, adult, at about 5'8", five, 5'9". Now this really pissed me off, like, I hope this dispatch, dispatcher lost his job. This is pure incompetence. The radio dispatcher had alerted to be on the lookout for a black suspect. So they drove past the killer without stopping him. The mix-up in descriptions remains unexplained. A search ensued, but still, no suspects were found. The three teen witnesses worked with the police artist to prepare a composite sketch of the Stein's killer. Detectives Bill Armstrong and Dave Toshi were assigned to the case. The San Francisco Police Department investigated an estimated 2,500 suspects over a period of years. The Modesto Attack On the night of March 22, 1970, Kathleen Johns was driving from her San... Excuse me. It's very late right now. Kathleen Johns was driving from San Bernardo to Pataluma to visit her mother. She was seven months pregnant and had her 10-month-old daughter beside her while heading west on Highway 132 near Modesto. A car behind her began honking its horn and flashing its headlights. Kathleen pulled off the road and stopped. The man in the car, parked behind her, approached her car, stated that he observed that her right rear wheel wheel was wobbling and offered to tighten the lug nuts. After finishing his work, the man drove off, yet when Johns pulled forward to re-enter the highway, the wheel almost immediately came off the car. The man returning offered to drive to the nearest gas station for help. She and her daughter climbed into his car. During the ride, the car passed several service stations, but the man did not stop. For about 90 minutes, he drove back and forth around the back roads near Tracy. When Kathleen asked why he was not stopping, he would then change the subject. When the driver finally stopped at an intersection, Kathleen jumped out with her daughter and hid in a field. The driver searching for her using his flashlight, telling her that he would not hurt her, before eventually giving up. Unable to find her, he got back into the car and drove off. Kathleen then hitched a ride to the police station in Patterson. When Kathleen Johns gave her statement to the sergeant on duty, she noticed the police composite sketch of Paul Stein's killer and recognized him as the man who had abducted her and her child. Fearing he might come back and kill them all, the sergeant had Kathleen wait in a dark... in the dark at a nearby Miles restaurant. When her car was found, it had been gutted and torched. Most accounts say he threatened to kill her and her daughter while driving around, but at least one police report disputes that Kathleen's account of Paul Avery 
of the Chronicle indicates her abductor left his car and searched for her in the dark with a flashlight. However, in one report she made to the police stated he did not leave the vehicle. Very late. Anyways. On October 14th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac. Is this right? Oh my god. Uh, I am very sorry about that. I will somewhat make up for that. Probably not. I don't really care about my mistakes. Now I'm going to talk about the letters he sent during the murders. On August 1st, 1969, three letters prepared by the killer were received at Vallejo Times Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the San Francisco Examiner. The nearly identical letters subsequently described by psychiatrists who have been written by someone you would expect to be brooding and isolated took credit for the shootings at Lake Herman Road and Blue Rock Springs. Each letter included one-third of a 408-symbol cryptogram, which the killer claimed to contain his identity. The killer demanded they be printed on each paper's front page, or he would, quote, cruise all around the the weekend killing lone people in the night then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. The Chronicle published its third of the cryptogram on page four of the next day's edition. An article printed alongside the code quoted Bale Police Chief Jack E. Stiltz as saying we're not satisfied that the letter was written by the murderer and requested the writer to send a second letter with more facts to prove his identity. The good news is, is that the threatened murders did not happen, and all three parts were eventually published. The letter reads, quote, I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest, because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that... When I die, I will be reborn in paradise. And the blank have killed will become slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow me down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. Then there's 18 letters of the puzzle that still to this day have not been solved. Does it contain the killer's name, or is it just gibberish? The 18 letters are E-B-E-O-R-I-E-T-E-M-E-T-H-H-P-I-T-I. On August 7th, 1969... Another letter was received at the San Francisco Examiner with the solution, 
Dear Editor, This is the Zodiac speaking. This was the first time the killer had used this name for identification. The letter was a response to Chief Stilt's request for more details that would prove he had killed Faraday Jensen and Farron. In it, the Zodiac included details about the murders which had not been released to the public, as well as the message to the police that when they crack the code, they will have me. On August 8th, 1969, Donald and Bayetti Hardin of Sullins, California, cracked the 408-symbol cryptogram. It contained a misspelled message in which the killer said he was collecting slaves for the afterlife. No name appears in the decoded text. On October 14th, 1969, the Chronicle received another letter from the Zodiac. This time contained a swatch of Paul Stein's shirt tail as proof he was the killer. It also included a threat about killing school children on a school bus. To do this, Zodiac wrote, quote, Just shoot out the front tires and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. At 2 o'clock p.m. on October 20th, 1969, someone claimed to be the Zodiac called the Oakland Police Department demanding that one of the two prominent lawyers, Flea Bailey or Melvin Belly, appear on local television show at AM Francisco. Hosted by Jim Dunbar, Bailey was not available, but Belly did appear on the show. Dunbar appealed to the viewers to keep the lines open and eventually someone claiming to be the Zodiac called several times and said his name was Sam. Belly agreed to meet with him in Daly City, but the suspect never showed up. On November 9, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a card with another cryptogram consisting of 340 characters. The 340-character cipher has never been decoded. Numerous possible solutions have been suggested, but none can be claimed as definitive. On November 9, 1969, the Zodiac mailed a seven-page letter stating that two policemen stopped and actually spoke to him three minutes after he had shot Stein, saying, quote, The cops pulled a goof. Zodiac continued to communicate with the authorities for the remainder of 1970 via letters and greeting cards to the press. In a letter postmarked April 20th, 1970, the Zodiac wrote, My name is blank, followed by a 13-character cipher. The Zodiac went on the state to state that he was not responsible for the recent bombing of a police station in San Francisco referring to the February 18, 1970 death of Sergeant Brian McDonough, two days after the bombing at Park Station in Golden Gate Park, but added, There is much glory to killing a cop. Sorry, let me rephrase that. There is much glory to killing a cop than a CID, because a cop can shoot back. The letter included a diagram of a bomb the Zodiac claimed he would use to blow up a school bus.
At the bottom of the diagram, he wrote 10 SFPD equals 0. Zodiac sent a greeting card postmarked April 28, 1970 to the Chronicle. Written on the card was, I hope you enjoy yourselves when I have my blast. On the back of the card, the Zodiac threatened to use the bus bomb soon, unless the paper published the full details he wrote. He also wanted to start seeing people wearing some nice Zodiac buttons. That's fucked up. In a letter postmarked June 26, 1970, the Zodiac stated he was upset that he did not see people wearing Zodiac buttons. He wrote, I shot a man sitting in a parked car with a 38. The Zodiac was possibly referring to the murder of Sergeant Richard Radich. A week earlier on June 19th, June 19th at 5.25 a.m., Radich was writing a parking ticket in his squad car when an assailant shot him in the head with a 38 caliber pistol. Radich died 15 hours later. SFPD denies the Zodiac was involved in this murder. It remains unsolved. Included with the letter was a Phillips 66 roadmap of the San Francisco Bay Area. On the image of Mount Diablo, the Zodiac had drawn a crossed circle similar to the ones he had included in previous correspondence. At the top of the cross circle, he placed a zero, and then a three, six, and nine. The accompanying instruction stated that the zero was beset to Meg. That is the end of part two. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for part three next week. If you have any questions, please contact me at truecrimetime02 at gmail.com. Have yourself a good night.